covenant relationship with God, a relationship uh, that, that is close and real, and a covenant relationship with your brothers and sisters, not just to receive, but to give, and that uh, you ha have a love and appreciation for the people around you, just like as Sally there, as you hear uh, the things that are in her life. Person after person in here is a treasure. This is your inheritance in this life. Uh, wonderful people that God has gifted, that are here, given spiritual gifts, and that are walking with God and struggling just like you are in this life. Uh, as you young people now graduate, you suddenly have to start making decisions for yourselves and heading out into life. Many, many young people at your age now, they leave high school, they're going off to college, or they're going into some career, and they drop out of church. They say, there's not a place for me amongst the young people. I don't really feel uh, connected with the older people, so I'm just going to drop out till I get old, turn 30, and then I'll come back. Uh, yes, <laughs> so you laugh. Yeah, but they, they think at 30 that you're done for. But... Um, we pray that in this church, that as you grow up, that you learn to have committed friendships with the young and the old alike, the not as young, that you learn to find out who they are. Take time to sit down with them and find out how God has worked in their life, what God has done in them and for them, uh, how they came to know Christ and the experiences they've had in life, how God's provided and guided in their life. So it's a proud day for the parents, friends, and family, and, and our church, uh, as you experience this milestone and this proud accomplishment of finishing high school. Uh, now, we pray that you have direction. So we've given you a Bible here today, a gift that we consider a fundamental to your well-being in life. This book tells you where you came from, why you're here, and where you're headed. So a big decision that you're going to have to make is do I trust the Bible? Is the Bible trustworthy? You have to make that investigation. You have to decide that. If you want to know why, me, Ian, Eric, so many here be glad to talk to you and to help you with questions that you've got, legitimate questions. You know, uh, I was uh, down talking to somebody uh, in Atlanta at the hospital the other day, and I said, do you believe in spiritual things? He said, do you really want to go there? I said, yes. <laughs> Bring it on. Uh, you know, uh, so, so we started that uh, conversation. And he said, well, I can understand what you're saying. He said, usually people try to ram it down my throat. I told him, there is no question you have about the Bible that we can't answer. There is, and I said, you know, we're here with somebody that you love. If they die, are they just like a possum run over in the road? That's the end. You never see them again. Do you really believe that? That's not true. And I'll tell you why I believe this book. I'll tell you why I stake my existence on this. And the, the promises that I've seen, the prophecies I've seen fulfilled. I want to talk to you about that. Today, at the end of the service, I'm going to give you an opportunity. Just like Joshua gave the people of Israel. He said, look what God's done for us. He brought us out of Egypt. Brought us through the Red Sea. We were baptized into Moses in the Red Sea. Brought us across the wilderness. Uh, God fed us with manna every day. Gave us the water that we needed. Brought us here to the land that he promised 430 years ago to Abraham. 
God has a plan. God speaks his plan. God performs his plan. And you have the opportunity to be involved in his plan. And he has a plan for your life. You're not just a random, uh, the, the old song says, dust in the wind. All we are is dust just blowing around in the wind. Meaningless direction uh, carried by forces that we can't control. No, you were created by God in your mother's womb. You were brought into this world. And he has a plan in your life uh, that he wants to be involved in your life, but you have a choice whether you're going to let him be there or not. First Timothy 1.5, you know, here in church, if you're a child of God, First Timothy 1.5 says, the goal of our instruction when we're instructing you is love from a pure heart, a clear conscience, and an unfaked, unfeigned faith. We want you, young people, we want you, children, we want you, not as young people, to be people who have love, you love God because he's worthy of being loved from a pure heart, not for what you can get, but you love him because he's worthy of being loved and you love one another with the love of God that's in your heart. Love from a pure heart, a clear conscience. Oh, what a wonderful thing. So many people are so sick because they're weighed down with guilt and depression and shame and despair, weighed down, guilty and carrying burdens that are unnecessary to carry. A clear conscience. You can have a clear conscience and then a real faith. If, listen, listen. Uh, we were standing in my yard the other day. I was talking to my neighbor. And he was just saying, isn't this beautiful? I mean, there's birds there. There's pretty flowers. There's all that stuff. And I said, and we believe that God spoke that little hummingbird into existence. God spoke that blue jay into existence. God spoke all this stuff into existence. We say, we say that we believe that. We say that we believe he's holding it all together. What is there to worry about if God is that big and that strong? What is there that would make us uh, fear when the God of angel armies is always at our side? We have to know, listen, listen, know the word of God. Know the promises of the word of God so that you can go into the battle. You can go into the stress uh, in faith, trusting Trusting in God. Uh, we want you to, you know, my daddy's uh, two life verses are Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. You need to write it down if you don't know those. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. And don't lean to your own understanding, the ways of your mind. In everything you do, acknowledge Him. Say, God, I'm pulling out of the yard now. Please go with me. Please guide me. Guide and lead in my context. Guide and lead uh, in where I'm going to be. Please guide and lead in my life. Pray for your protection. Pray for your blessing. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Don't lean to your own understanding. In everything you do, acknowledge Him. He will direct your paths. I thank God that when I was 17, I knew those verses. When I was younger than that, I knew those verses. And I can tell you they're true. I didn't know I would end up in LJ. I didn't know all the things that would happen in my life. But praise God for the incredible answers to prayer that, that we could have. Mike and I were just talking the other day, a few years ago. We were sitting in uh, my uh, dining, dining room praying, oh Lord, what are we going to do? And then we see how God has led and brought us to this point. There in Kenya, so many times we said, oh Lord, what are we going to do here? And God has guided and God has provided. I hope that you know that God. Today at the end of the service, I want to give you an opportunity to say, you know, I... Don't know if I'm really a Christian or not. My life, I've been acting more like a billy goat than I have a sheep. 
And I need today to make sure that I'm a child of God through faith in Jesus Christ. Not just do I believe in God, but I surrender to Jesus. I want him to come and take charge of my life. I want him to send his Holy Spirit into me. And I want to follow after him the rest of my life. I want to be a Jesus follower. In in Matthew chapter 6, Jesus said, listen, listen. This book says, now if it's not true, eat, drink, and be merry. Who knows where you came from? Who knows why you're here? And who knows where you're headed? For tomorrow you die. Everybody's going to die. If, if this book is not true, nobody has the right to tell you what to do. Just whoever, whatever. But this book is true. This book tells you where you came from, why you're here, where you're headed. And God wants a relationship with you. God created you to be in a relationship with him. And he wants to walk with you. He wants to send his spirit into your life. Adam and Eve sinned, brought sin into the world, brought alienation from God, brought an evil force working in our life that causes us to drift away from God, causes us to do things that we shouldn't do, causes us to be alienated from God. But God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. Why would he give him if there was some other way to God? Why would he give him if it wasn't necessary? He gave his only begotten son that whosoever would put their faith in him. How many of you put your faith in him? Should not perish, be separated from God, but have ever, have now everlasting life. The power of God in your life by the Holy Spirit, a transforming power to help you to live for him. Not just a fire insurance or when I get to heaven, when I don't, I don't go to hell. No. If, you, if that is your philosophy, you need to really check yourself. And, and, and it's preacher's faults a lot of times because that's the way we've presented the gospel. The gospel is not, you don't go to hell, you go to heaven. People say, well, you need to get saved so you go to heaven. No, you need to get saved because God created you to be in a relationship with him. And right now you're in separation and alienation from him. And you need to put your faith in Jesus and he will forgive your sins, send his power to live in your life. And you can be a different kind of a person. Amen. I hope that you have done that. So, uh, Learning to rest in the truth that God will work all things together. These are my mother's favorite verses. If you haven't got the Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, my daddy's favorite verses, my mama's favorite verses, Romans 8, 28, and 29. 28 is not much good. Well, it's okay, but it needs 29. Romans 8, 28 says, For we know, and we've been teaching Sophie this, and, and she sits there on the side of the bed while we're waiting on the bus, and she's almost got it. For we know that God works all things together for good to those who love him. Do you love him today? Do you love him on the back row? In the real back row. Do you love him? For those that love him and are called according to his purposes, say, I want your plan. I'll say, yes, Lord. Yes, you just let me know what you want. I'll do that. Verse 29 says, for whom he did foreknow. God's had a plan in your life before the foundation of the world. He predestined to be conformed to the image of his son. So that Theron would be just like Jesus. So that Joseph would be like Jesus. So that Ray would be like Jesus. So Amber would be like Jesus. He'll work all things together for good if you love him. Called according to his purpose to make you more and more like Jesus. For God so loved Jesus, he decided to make a bunch more just like him. That's what he wants to do in your life. Young people, that's why we have the word of God. That's why we have church. Church is not just a time to, to, to come here and do some obligation to God. Oh, we pray that the gifts of the Holy Spirit are working in the Sunday school class, working through the week as you talk to one another, that they're making a difference in your life. So can you say, 
God's will is what I would choose if I had all the facts. I don't, he does, and I trust him. Listen to that again. God's will is, hey, Eric, do you mind seeing if you can get that one working? Uh, it's getting hot up here. Thank you. I've said it twice and it was set on cool, but it's gone in rebellion. Um, so uh, God has a plan in your life and he says, I have a will. God's will is what I would choose if I had all the facts. I don't, he does, and I trust him. I hope that you have that kind of a relationship with God. Having information about how and what you decide to do now will affect your earthly future and your eternal future. Help you make wise investments of your time. Did you know, listen, did you know that in heaven, oh, it's not locked. It's not locked, sorry. Um, there are two groups of people. There's two destinations. If you're a child of God through faith in Jesus Christ, yes, you're going to heaven. And there is going to be the Bema seat of Christ. A judgment for rewards based on how you lived your life. You know, I, I was listening to a guy. He said, I went to basketball camp. And he said, I just goofed off. Said, I played pranks on people. Said, the last day of camp, they called everybody out. And there was trophies on the table. And they were giving away trophies for people most improved, most doing that. He said, I didn't get anything because all I did was goof off. If I'd known they were giving trophies away, I'd have worked hard. I'd have tried for something. Let me tell you something. There are rewards in heaven. Rewards for how you live here. Rewards. Now you say, well, I, I can't be as good as Billy Graham. What's God going to ju judge you on when you get to heaven? At the judgment seat of Christ. Not for you to be saved. You're already saved. You're a child of God. Uh, through faith in Jesus Christ. But what will you be judged on? Two things. Raise your hand if you know. Yes. Gabriel. Pardon? Nice and loud. Just in case you're wrong. Yes. Yes. You know Jesus said when you get there well done. Good servant, well done, faithful servant. Listen, that gives dignity to everything that you do that's not ungodly, of course, you know. Uh, but, but anything that you do, the mama changing diapers, taking care of her baby, a good servant, God gave her that baby. A faithful servant continuing, taking care of that child. Uh, if you're a teacher, if you're, if you're a nurse, if you're working at pilgrims, if you're... In the, in the carpet mill. I used to be in the carpet mill. And people say, what are you doing? You've been to college working here. I said, this is where God has put me for now. And I am God's servant in this place to be the best I can be for him. One time I was cleaning a big restroom in a house and somebody came and said, what are you doing college educated in here doing this? I said, this is the job God's given me. I'm going to clean this as if Jesus is coming in here. I've already had a chance to witness to this lady. We've already prayed for her husband. And this work is just as important because it's what God gave me to do. Well done, good servant. Well done, faithful servant. Are you doing what God's given you to do? See, that'll change your whole attitude when you go in, when you seem like it's meaningless. What difference does it make? I just ran another thousand yards of carpet today. Going goodness knows where for goodness knows who and I'm not getting paid much. Well, if you have that attitude, you'll be miserable. But if you say, I'm God's person in this place doing his will to the glory of God. Oh, help me. And if I die right now, I'm going into heaven saying, I did what you want me to do. Well done, good servant, faithful servant. Are you walking with him that way? Let me ask you something. First of all, today, have you given your life to Jesus Christ? Have you surrendered to him? Are you a Christ follower? 
Secondly, today, I'm going to invite you at the end here. You may say, well, uh, I, I don't know much about that Holy Spirit. The Bible says we need to be being filled with the Holy Spirit. When you become a Christian, you're baptized into the body of Christ. Baptized in the Holy Spirit and He comes into your heart and life. And He takes that old nature out and puts a new nature in. You are a new person in Christ. You have the power of God, the nature of Jesus Christ in you. But there's many fillings. In Acts chapter 2, here came the Holy Spirit. Acts chapter 4, it says the Holy Spirit came on the place they were, shook the whole place. Even the lights were shaken up there. And they went out and boldly proclaimed the word of God. We've been studying the book of Judges. The Judges is, is a book of recycled misery. Recycled misery. You know, they cry out to God, Oh, God, help! I'm so miserable! Thanks, I know it's so bad! I'm in slavery! They're stealing all my stuff! They're doing all kinds of terrible stuff to me! Oh, Lord, help! And God said He would send His Spirit on somebody. In, in chapter 3 that we read the other day, He sent His Spirit on Othniel and raised him up. And He would raise up people to be leaders, spiritual leaders, and they would... Uh, sent his spirit on them and they would make a difference in all kinds of people's lives. God wants you to be filled with his Holy Spirit to make a difference in people's lives. There's 20,000 people in this community who aren't going to church anywhere. 20,000 people in this community who've got excuses for not walking with God. That church did this. That preacher did that. This person did that. Listen, when you stand before God, you're going to stand all by yourself. And you can't blame your mama, can't blame your daddy. Did you live with the light you had? Did you do what you could with what God gave you to do with? Today, I want to invite you. If you've never surrendered to the Holy Spirit, say, Holy Spirit, if you'll fill me and use me, I'll go out. You know, Othniel had to go out and do something brave. Shamgar had to go out and, and try to rescue his people. Uh, Person after person, uh, we, we, uh, Eric preached uh, last week and preached, uh, well, the week before, preached about uh, jail. And what did she do? That's right. Yeah. Yeah, she helped Sisera get the point. All right. Put a tent peg through his head, nailed him to the ground. All right. She had to do something very, very brave. He was a soldier. He was the general of the army. And God used her to defeat him to kill him and his army was defeated who had invaded to fight God's people. She did a brave thing. Deborah did a brave thing. Uh, they, they went out and Barak went out. Are you willing to be God's person at the hospital? God's person at the high school? God's person at the chicken plant? God's person out in, in these various places walking with God, filled with the Holy Spirit, telling other people about Jesus, living for Jesus with your life. That's what God has called us to be, uh, God called us to do. And then let me just warn you about something. Americans are very independent people. We're very individualistic. We don't like authority. We don't want anybody to tell us what to do unless it's something pretty serious and then we want them to tell us what to do so they get the blame for it. But we like to do our own thing. But God, listen, God has instituted. Young people, listen to this. Listen to me with your ears and your heart. God has instituted authority in the government. The powers that be are ordained by God. Sometimes to give the people a whooping. God has instituted authority in the government. He's instituted authority in the church. God has instituted authority in the home. There is an order of authority. It is not a two-headed monster. 
It is authority, but with authority comes responsibility. And then he's instituted authority in school and in the workplace. You are to be a respectful person. Unless somebody is telling you to disobey the word of God, you are to respect the laws of the jurisdictions that you're in. You will get yourself in big trouble if you're disobeying the laws of the authority that God has instituted in your life. Unnecessary trouble for you. See, even in this assembly, authority is it on the move. This is good. All right. So, uh, you know, find out who God says your authority is. In the home, lots of, lots of trouble in the home because young people are rebelling. Wives are rebelling. Husbands are not taking responsibility. There's trouble in the home. Find out what God wants you to do in the home and be in the right place there. Uh, there is a way that seems right to a man, but the Bible says the end thereof many times is the way of death. There is a way that seems right to a man, but the end thereof is the ways of death. death. It says three times in Proverbs. Actually, the way to spiritual, mental, emotional, even physical death. God's ways are not man's ways. As high as the heavens are above the earth, so high are his ways above our ways and his thoughts above our thoughts. This is why, listen, there's a difference in reading the Bible and Psalm 1 says what? Meditate. Everybody say meditate. Meditate. This is reading, even memorizing, but then taking and processing it, going over it. How does this apply to my life as a husband, as a wife, as a student, as a child, as a pastor, as a worker? God has instructions about every area of life and the power of the Holy Spirit uh, to do that. So meditating in his word day and night. Today, I'd like you to just turn with me to Matthew chapter 6. And I want to cover a couple of things with you there. I, I was thinking about what do we need to talk about as you young people start out into uh, life. And I want to just talk quickly here and I pray the Holy Spirit challenges your heart. Today is Pentecost Sunday. Uh, we learned in prayer time this morning, Linda was telling me that. And I said, well, good. That reinforces my desire today to give you an opportunity to have brothers and sisters pray for you to be filled with God's Holy Spirit so that he is in charge of your life. That you, if you surrender to him and let him say, and say, if you will guide me and show me and give me the power to do it, I will do what you want me to do. That if you've never given your life to Christ, that's the first thing. You will have the Holy Spirit then in your life, but then to ask the Holy Spirit to be in charge of your life, to offer yourself willingly to the Holy Spirit. Why is prayer important? How would you answer that? Pardon? It's our communication with God. But let me tell you, all around us, Ephesians 6 says, your problem is not people. Your problem's not the economy. Your problem's not the president. Your problem is principalities, powers, the rulers of the darkness of this world. There is a spiritual force of fallen angels that fell. A third of the angels fell with Satan. And they're here on the earth. Most of them, some of them are in, in incarceration down in, in hell. But most of them are free to move around in the earth trying to inhabit people, trying to mess things up in Anything they can do in alienation to God. You can't even see them. 
There are evil spirits inhabiting people. There are evil spirits talking into people's heads, you know, to get them to do things that they shouldn't do, to suggest things to them that make them think that's what the, that, that it's their mind that thought that up. No, evil spirits lying to them. Prayer is important because we're in a warfare with wicked darkness of this world. Uh, I, let me, if you would, put Colossians 2, um, 8 through 11 up on the screen for me. Colossians 2, 8 through 11. Bring me a chair, please. Just bring me a chair, yeah. Thanks. Here you go, Carrie, sorry. Um, you got it, Colossians 2? Can you find it? Okay. We're in warfare with the principalities and powers of this world. Um, Colossians 2 verse 8 says a wonderful thing. See to it that no one takes you captive through philosophy and empty deception according to the tra traditions of men, according to the elementary principles of the world rather than according to Christ. For in him, listen, in Jesus, all the fullness of deity, all the fullness of God dwells in bodily form. That's a good place to say amen. Okay, let me try that again. For in him, in Jesus, all the fullness, all of God dwells in bodily form. And in him, you have been made complete and he is the head over all rule and authority. He's the head. So yes, we have a warfare with principalities and powers, but he is the one uh, who is over all the uh, principalities and powers. You know, if you learn how to pray, it will de-stress, not distress, de-stress you. Philippians 4, 5 and 6. Does somebody know that? It's a command from God. Be anxious for nothing. Be anxious for nothing. Look at your neighbor and say, he's talking to you. Be anxious for nothing. Don't worry. But in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests, listen, be made known to God and the peace of God. You're, you're supposed to pray to God about everything. Some things you don't get an answer you're really troubled about. Pray louder, pray harder with greater faith. Trusting in him and then thank him before he does anything. How many of you have children here? Yes. You know, Michelle, if Dylan comes up to you and says, Mama, I got something I want so bad. I, I can't even spit. I want it so bad that, that I don't know what I'm going to do, but I'm going to ask you. But if you say no, that's all right. I'm just going to hug your neck and love you anyway. If you say yes, I'm going to hug your neck and love you anyway. And if you say wait a while, I'm going to hug your neck anyway because I know you'll always do what's best for me if you can. What would you do? Faint and say, whose child is that? Right? <laughs> That's what God does when we talk to him like that. Oh, you? <laughs> you actually believe me? You actually trust me? You actually are going to let me work in your life? Wow. That's amazing. So Philippians 4, 5, and 6 says, don't be anxious, pray. The most important thing you can learn to do after you've given your life to Christ is learn how 
to pray because you're in a spiritual warfare. You're in uh, fighting against the powers uh, of darkness. You know, as the children of Israel went into the promised land, they couldn't fight all of those enemies by themselves. But God sent hornets. God sent uh, power. God sent hailstones. God gave them the victory. And as Eric preached to you a couple weeks ago, we have been given tremendous promises so that we can experience all that God has for us. Young people, we pray that you will take the word of God, meditate in it day and night, that you'll be filled with God's spirit and that you'll walk with him. First Peter 5, 7 says, don't turn there, casting all your cares on him because he cares for you. Jesus said, are you stressed out? Are you worried? Are you weighed down? Matthew eleven twenty eight. come to me. We try everything else. But he says, come unto me, all you who are weary, heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke on you. Learn from me. For I'm meek and lowly. You'll find rest to your soul. Are you looking for rest today? Are you worried about your future? What's going to happen? Who am I going to marry? What kind of a job am I going to get? Am I ever going to have more than a bicycle? Uh, you know, what am I going to do? What if? What if? What if? Are you willing to trust your future into God's hands? Are you willing to say, I'm going to get in the yoke with Jesus? He said, my yoke is easy. It is a yoke, but my yoke is easy. My burden is right, uh, light. Let me just talk to you real quick out of Matthew 6, and then we're going to have uh, an opportunity for you to respond for prayer. In Luke 11, the disciples said to Jesus, now just leave it Matthew 6. In Luke 11, yes, y'all can go ahead and come. In, in Luke 11, the disciples said, Lord, teach us to pray. And Jesus taught them a short prayer. And, and I'm going to do the one in Matthew 6. Our Father, our, the, this is written in index sentences. You can take our Father which art in heaven and you can pray for a while on that. Our, oh, thank you, God. That you're my father, you're Jesus' father. You're our father, my brothers and sisters here. Our father, you're in heaven. Oh, there's the heaven that's right just above us here. The heavens where the sky, where the planes fly through. There's the greater heaven outside that, the second heaven out in space there where the satellites are moving around and UFOs. No, I mean, uh, that's a joke. Okay. And then there is the third heaven. The spiritual heaven where God is. The spiritual heaven that we can't see and that is out there all around us. Stephen, as he was dying, his eyes were opened up and he said, I see Jesus at the Father's right hand. There is our Father. You're in heaven. That eternal place where we will be through faith in Jesus Christ forever. Not just sitting around on clouds, strumming harps. We will be busy with him. And the rewards that he gives us, as we have been good and faithful servants here, we will serve him in that place. Our Father, which art in heaven, may your name be made holy. I used to think that this was making a statement. Holy is your name. It's holy. No. It's a prayer request. May your name be made holy. Here you go. I got it. We multitask. Holy is your name. May your name, listen, be revered 
and respected. May your revelation of your character and power in planning and provision and power, protection and pardon as revealed through uh, the past history and predicted history so that your word, listen, your word would be believed and trusted. Your displeasure feared. Your commands obeyed and you be glorified. Lord, cause my heart and all our hearts to believe you, revere you, obey you and glorify you. John Piper has a really good thing. If you look on, uh, uh, on YouTube, you can find that on um, hallowed be thy name. Your word be believed and trusted. Your displeasure feared. Your commands obeyed and you be glorified. Lord, cause my heart and all our hearts to believe you, revere you, obey you and glorify you. Oh Lord, as we come before you, our Father, you're in heaven. Your name is set apart. There is no name like your name. You're the King of Kings. You're the Lord of Lords. You spoke the whole world into existence. You have chosen to be our God through faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, our Father. You're in heaven. And may your name be holy. May I live such a life. May we live such a life that people would long to know you and that you can work through us in your great power in this world because we live a, a set-apart life, setting you apart, longing to please you, fearing to displease you because we love you so much, revering you with all of our heart, soul, and mind. Pray that your kingdom would come. You are the king. This is your world full of rebels against you, but you offer mercy and grace for people to come and to be delivered from the guilt of sin, delivered from the penalty of sin, and then through faith in you, Lord Jesus, filled with the Holy Spirit, delivered, being delivered from the power of sin. One day we can come into your presence, delivered from the presence of sin. Your kingdom come. Oh God, may your will be done in my life, in my family's life, in my friend's life, in our church's life, your kingdom come. Help me to do my part, to do whatever it takes to have your kingdom come and your will be done on this earth, just like it's done in heaven. In heaven, when you tell the angels to do something, they go for it. They say, how far, how quick? Oh, God, help me. And then they go to do your bidding. May your will be done in my life and our lives as it is in heaven. I know this is according to your will, so I know we can have this from you. Pray that you'll give us this day. You see, God is not going to give you a whole bunch for the year because He knows you may not talk to Him again. He says, pray. Give me today, Lord, my daily bread. And I hope that you take time to thank Him for that warm shower that you have. Thank Him for that place to sleep that you have. Thank Him for the food that He has given you. He feeds the birds and He provides for you food to eat, clothes to wear. Everything else is a bonus. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. God, today, give me my daily bread. If I have what I need today, I don't have to worry about the future. You're God. You speak things into existence. You fed the, the Israelites with manna for 40 years. You made a way through the Red Sea. You're my shield. You're my defender. You're the God of angel armies and you're at my side. You're the living God. Give me today my daily bread. And please forgive me of my sins. Forgive me where I have stepped across the line, sometimes on purpose, sometimes by mistake. 
forgive me. You said if we confess our sins, you're faithful and just to forgive us of our sins, to cleanse us, to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Oh God, have mercy on me. Forgive me. And then Lord, help me to forgive those around me who've sinned against me. You've forgiven me a mountain of debt. Help me to forgive them that little shovel full of debt. Help me to forgive and allow you to take care of justice. Allow you to take care of what needs to happen. Forgive us of our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. And lead us not into temptation. Oh God, please protect us from the evil one. Help us when you send us into tests to trust in you, your armor, your shield of faith, your sword of the spirit, the word of God. And pray that we would learn whenever the devil's lying to us to answer him the way Jesus did. It is written, it is written, it is written. Father, teach us to be prayerful people. I pray that the young children here would learn early to pray to you. I pray that the young people here, our students, would learn to pray, not just in desperate times, but day by day, getting up and saying, Lord, this is your day. Your kingdom come in my life. Your will be done in my life today at Chick-fil-A, at Wendy's, at wherever it is that I'm going to be today, at school and at play and in the summer. Pray that we would be a people, Lord, who live for you. And I pray that in Jesus' name. So today, let me just give you an opportunity. If God's spoken to your heart and you say, I don't know if I'm really a Christian or not, but I want to be, and I want to make sure today, I want to surrender to Jesus and say, I want to be a Jesus follower. Come, fill me with your nature, your Holy Spirit. I want to be a Jesus follower. I would, I would ask those of you who need to give your life to Christ today to come stand here and we're going to have some men and women that will be willing to talk to you, not to embarrass you, uh, just to talk with you, pray with you. Uh, if you need the filling of the Holy Spirit, you say, you know, my life has been a defeated life. I'm a Christian, but my life, I've been having trouble. And I, I, I today, I want to ask you to pray for me to be filled with the Holy Spirit, not just a pill to take and then everything in my life is solved but rather that the Holy Spirit takes over my life I've been running my own life I've been running the stop signs I've been messing things up and I want today for the Holy Spirit to take charge of my life I want to be holy for Jesus I want to be walking with Jesus if you would uh, just come here and stand here and we'll have some men and women be glad to pray for you you students I would challenge you uh, if you've never uh, said never surrendered. Joshua said, choose you this day who you will serve. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. You may need to come with your family and you may need to say, our family's been fractured. We've been running here, there, and yonder. But today we want to surrender to God for him to lead in our life. Whatever God is saying to your life, if you're making yourself available to him, and if he just told you to come down front, somebody came down front, uh, Sometime recently said, I'm not sure why I'm here, but I want God to do anything He wants to and speak anything to my life He wants to. So I invite you to respond to whatever God wants you to do. We're going to sing a song about the reckless love of God. Reckless, for some people, is just driving around the parking lot, just full paddle, no direction. We're not talking about that kind of reckless. We're talking about the kind of love that says, even if it hurts me deep, deep, deep inside, I'm still going to love you. 
God has a reckless love for you, chasing after you because He loves you and He wants the best for you. And He keeps coming, not just once, not just twice, keeps coming after you with that reckless love of God. You may need to come forward today and just say, thank you, God, for what you rescued me from. Thank you, God. I was messed up and you have saved my soul. You have filled me with your Holy Spirit and blessed me immeasurably. So if you just need to respond to God, you can come over there. If you need to give your life to the Lord here, if you want to be prayed for with the, about the Holy Spirit, you come here. If you just want to respond some other way, come there. God bless you.